0: So far in our study, we have seen we have spiritual life in Jesus, we have eternal life in Jesus, because of that, we have peace, he tells us, true peace in Jesus, and because of all of that, we have joy in our lives. Now that translates exceeding gladness. We have exceeding gladness in our lives, and so here is the question this evening. So are Christians walking around today in peace and joy? That is my question. Do you see Christians today walking around in peace and joy? Is that what you see? Is that what you would say tonight? Or or maybe a better question is, tonight are you living in peace and joy? Could that be said of you? Would you say that of yourself? I want you to think about that for just a second. Is your life right now marked by true peace and exceeding gladness? Are you excited to get up in the morning? Are you glad for a new day each day? Is your heart overflowing with joy? Or is your life marked by something else? Here's what I'm finding out. The peace and joy Jesus provides and the peace and joy that Jesus promises are most fully realized when we walk in his purpose. Now hear that again. The, the peace and joy that Jesus provides, and he does provide it, the, the peace and the joy that Jesus promises are most fully realized when we walk in his His purpose. It is in a life that is given to His cause, that is given to His will, that is given to His purpose, and actually walking and serving in obedience and faith that we have both great peace and great joy. And the flip side of that is when we walk according to our plans, when we walk according to our desires, serving our causes. It is then that we find ourselves existing in trouble and chaos and stress and strife. And so really the question tonight as we begin is this. So how are you living? How are you living? Tonight our message is entitled, Of Joy and Peace. Of Joy and Peace. Now we're moving right along. We're in John chapter 16. Tonight, verses 23 through 33, the end of the chapter. John chapter 16, tonight beginning in verse 23, moving through verse 33. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. John chapter 16, beginning here in the 23rd verse, Jesus is speaking here and he says this. In that day, you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you've asked for nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, so that your joy may be made full. These things I've spoken to you in a figurative language. An hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in a figurative language, but will tell you plainly of the Father." In that day, you will ask in my name. And I do not say to you that I will request request of the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from the Father. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world, and I am leaving the world again and going to the Father. His disciples said, Lo, now... You are speaking plainly and are not using a figure of speech. Now we know that you know all things and have no need for anyone to question you. By this, we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, do you now believe? Behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered. Each to his own home and to leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come tonight and we are so thankful for you. We're so thankful for Hope that we have tonight for peace that you tell us about tonight, for joy available in the person of Jesus tonight. Lord, I pray as we've come and as we've assembled, I pray that you are pleased. I pray that it's your name that is exalted. I pray now as we begin to study your word, I pray, Lord, that it would truly be an an awesome time, a terrific time. And I pray it wouldn't be normal It wouldn't be done in human terms, but I I pray that a living God, you, would speak through your living word, and I pray that it would bear a great impact in our hearts tonight, in our lives tonight, in our church tonight, in our world tonight. Lord, I pray if there's some that do not know you, and perhaps many that will hear this, I, I pray that in the hearing of good news, in the hearing of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that tonight, this very night, might be the night of their salvation. Lord, I pray that you'd work in that manner. And then, Lord, we just submit all this to you, telling you we do love you, we do praise you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Tonight in our verses, we look at the last few words that Jesus speaks with his disciples between the upper room and the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus, in this time, during this process, has been very deliberate in what he has told his disciples in their time together as it is running out. Well, tonight, as it actually runs out, he will be no different. Let's go to our verses tonight. In the preceding verses, Jesus has told the disciples, and they immediately preceding verses that joy is coming. Again, it translates exceeding gladness. He has told them that exceeding gladness, great rejoicing is coming. He has not only told them that, he has told them it will be a permanent joy. It will be a joy that will not be able to be stolen away. And so he has told them great joy is coming. You will possess that joy and it will be a permanent joy. However, he tells them, before the joy, there will come great sadness. There will come great grief. In fact, it will bring with it uh, wailing aloud. And he's talking about the events of the cross. Let me back up and read verse 22 and we'll start there tonight. Therefore, you too also have grief now, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice And no one will take your joy away from you. Now we're going to move to our verses tonight, beginning in verse 23. In that day, you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Verse 23, Jesus starts, in that day. In that day. Now he's talking about after his resurrection and after the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. It is that day. And so he says, in that day. The work of the cross is finished. He stands as the risen Savior. He has ascended to heaven and the Holy Spirit of God has come. In that day, he says, you will not question me about anything. It translates, you will not... Ask me about anything. He says, truly, truly. Again, it is a a sign of a crucial statement of Jesus. All the way through the gospel, when he says, truly, truly, he is saying, listen to me, for this is the truth. And so again, this is signaling a crucial statement of Jesus. He says, if you ask the Father for anything, In my name, he will give it to you. That's what he says. If you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Jesus says we pray in his name. We will pray in his name. If you ask the Father for anything in my name. Now understand, it's not using his name as a magic word. We talked about this a couple nights ago. It's not saying you can add that name to anything and get what you want. It is not a closing to a prayer that guarantees a great result. You pray whatever you want and then add that closing and secure what you want. But it literally translates on my behalf. And so praying in Jesus' name, it, it means on his behalf or In his stead. It means in line with the will of Jesus. Jesus has ascended to heaven. He is in heaven. And now when we pray, we are praying like he would pray. We are praying in his will. We are praying for his glory. We are praying in his name. To pray in Jesus' name is to pray as Jesus would pray for his honor, for his will, for his cause. He says, if you do that, he will give it to you. The father will answer that prayer. That's what Jesus says. Now let's go ahead and look at verse 24. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy May be made full. Until now, you've asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, so that your joy may be made full. Until this point, Jesus was with them, and so they wouldn't ask anything in his name. They would just ask him in person. They would ask Jesus or they would ask the Father in prayer. If they were to ask Jesus, they would ask him in person. And if they were to ask the Father, they would ask him in prayer. But now the Bible says, Jesus says, they ask the Father in Jesus' name. He says, ask and you will receive so that my your joy may be made full. Now right here, I want to stop right here for just a second, and from just these two verses, just, just the truth of these two verses, I want to show you four things tonight from these two verses. The first thing we see in these verses is this. Prayer is a big deal. Prayer is a big deal. This is the night of Jesus' arrest. This is just a few hours before his crucifixion. And these words, these last few words, no less than three times on this very night have talked about prayer. Now think about that for a second. This is the night that he will be arrested. He is just a few hours from his crucifixion. And three times on this very night, chapter 14, chapter 15, and now chapter 16, he has talked about prayer. Friends, be very sure, prayer in the life of a believer, it is no small thing. It is no inconsequential thing. It's no tack-it-on-to-the-end-of-your-day thing. It's no if-you-feel-like-it thing. Prayer is a big deal in the life of a believer. I don't know why we forget that. I don't know why we have to be reminded of that. Prayer is a big deal in the life of a believer. That's the first thing we see. The second thing we see is that the prayer that Jesus is talking about is offered in the mission and for the mission of Christ. Now, that is a big truth. The prayer that Jesus is talking about is offered in the mission and for the mission of Christ. Jesus shows us that we're to be a praying people. Now, listen, that's the teaching of, of Scripture. He teaches us that we're to pray. He teaches us that we're to pray about all things. Remember the model prayer, even for our daily food. He tells us nothing is too big or too small to take to God in prayer. But I want you to notice this. These three references to prayer, the ones that God promises to answer and to provide the thing that is asked for are all in the context of the disciple praying in the mission of Christ and for the mission of Christ. These prayers, he says, you will receive what you ask for. That is the promise. But notice, I'm going to show you this. All these prayers are in the context of the disciple praying in the mission of Christ and for the mission of Christ. John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. Jesus is speaking. He says this. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me The works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And then John chapter 15, verses 7 and 8 says this, Jesus is speaking again. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My father is glorified by this that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So second tonight, understand these prayers are offered in the mission of Christ and for the mission of Christ. Now, these aren't just any prayer. They're not just random prayers. These are offered by a disciple that is in the mission of Christ and praying for the mission of Christ. Then the third thing we see tonight is this. We find joy in the mission of Christ. I hope you're listening. We believers, disciples, find joy in the mission of Christ. Look at the end of verse 24. So that your joy may be made full. God answers, so that your joy may be made full. Now remember the word full, it means running over. It means in abundance more than filled. And so he doesn't want you to just be joyful or have a level of joy. He wants you to be filled With joy, exceeding gladness. He wants your exceeding gladness to be pouring out of you, to be running out of you, to be abundant. Get this tonight. We find joy when we are serving the mission of Christ. We find joy when we are straining In the mission of Christ, it is our our purpose, it is our thing, it's what drives us, it is our priority. We find joy when we are serving the cause of Jesus Christ. Hear me tonight, believer, to experience joy in life, to have a thrilling purpose in your life, you have to get in the Lord's service. You have to get in the Lord's cause. God has gifted you. God has built you for his service. God has a great plan for you. You have to take that gift. You have to step out in obedience and you have to serve his cause. Now let me me tell you the problem here tonight. The problem, and here's what I believe, the problem is most people have no idea what their purpose is in the cause of Christ. And that's what I believe most folks, if you were to say, what is your purpose? What is your passion? What has God gifted you for? What is your purpose in the cause of Jesus Christ? They'll say, well, I'd like to know. I'd sure like to be in the middle of that, but I actually have no idea. And let me just tell you tonight, it is because we've either been too busy with other causes and that's the reality. You know what, we're doing this and we're doing that and we got this thing to do and we're so busy in other causes that we we have no idea what our, our purpose is in the cause of Christ or it could be this, we're so lazy in all causes, we don't care if we're doing anything for the cause of Christ. And folks come along and say, no, well, we had this and we did that and we got that done. I'll see you on Saturday night. I don't know what I'm doing in the cause of Christ because I don't have a purpose. I don't care what I'm doing for the cause of Christ. And we go through life not knowing what God has built us for. Now, it's a whole nother sermon. We'll have to get to it maybe after Christmas, but here's another sermon. So how do you know what your purpose is in the cause of Christ? And I know folks say, I wish I knew I would, I would do something about it. It's a whole nother sermon. We'll get to it later, but we've already passed it in John It is to abide in Christ and to abide in the word of Christ. And I'll just tell you this. If you're getting close to Jesus Christ and if you're spending an inordinate amount of time in the word of God, the word of Christ, you'll find your purpose in his cause. We have to abide in Christ and abide in his word. All right. The third thing we see in our verses tonight, we will find joy. The fourth, the third thing, we will find joy in the mission of Christ. The third thing, we will find joy in the mission of Christ. And the reason for that is this, it's the fourth thing. We find in Christ's mission, God is working with us. The third thing is we find joy when we serve the mission of Christ. The reason for that is the fourth thing, in Christ's mission, God is working with us. Verses 23 and 24 There is a disciple, and that's what we're seeing here, and they know the cause of Christ. They are given totally to the cause of Christ, and they pray and they seek God's help, God's empowerment for the cause of Christ, and when God answers that, they are thrilled because they know their partner is God. They know they're working with God. Now, let me explain that again. There is a disciple, And they love Jesus Christ. And they know their mission in Christ. And they are working in that mission. And because they're working in that mission, they seek God's help. They seek God's provision. They seek God's enablement. And when God answers that prayer, they know God is my partner. I am working with God. Let me be very clear tonight. Listen very carefully. God built you for something. And don't, don't buy the nonsense that you messed that up or you've gone too far or you're too old for that or you're too young for that. Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and I, God built you for something and God has some great thing for you to do. And I don't know, maybe several things. You are gifted to be useful in the church. You are needed and you are necessary in the local church. And when you serve in obedience and when you serve in faithfulness, let me tell you tonight, you will have joy. You will have joy. There's a lot of folks today saying, I I can't find joy. I can't find joy. I'm going to go see a counselor and I got to go talk to them and we're going to figure out where my joy is. Listen to me tonight. If you will serve the purpose of Jesus Christ, the word of God says you will find joy. Verse 25, these things I've spoken to you in a figurative language. An hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in a figurative language, but will tell you plainly of the Father. Verse 25, Jesus says, I've had to speak to you in an earthly language. That's really what what he's saying here. I've had to use earthly examples. The example last night of the childbirth. He says, when I talk, because you have earthly ears and an earthly mind and an earthly understanding, I've had to use earthly examples. But after the Holy Spirit, I will talk plainly. That's what he says. I'll talk plainly about the Father because now you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit and he will lead you and guide you in the understanding of his word. Right now, I use an earthly, worldly language. I will talk plainly. After the coming of the Holy Spirit, verse 26. Again, in that day, you will ask in my name. And I listen to these words. In that day, you will ask in my name. And I do not say to you that I will request of the Father on your behalf. Something's changing in verse 26. Something has changed, getting ready to change. Something very awesome here. Let me read verse 26 again. In that day, now remember that day, it's after the resurrection, after the coming of the Holy Spirit. In that day, you will ask in my name. And I do not say to you that I will request of the Father on your behalf, verse 27, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from the father now i want you to watch this see this tonight because of jesus here's what he's saying we have access to the father in prayer that's what he's saying in those two verses Jesus says, when you pray, I do not go and make a request of the Father on your behalf. That's not what it means to pray in Jesus' name. We do not pray to him and he goes and makes the request known to the Father. That's not what it says. Verse 27 says, I will not do that for the Father himself, verse 27, loves you. You will make your request to the Father. Why? Because the Father loves you. Now, what's the reason for that? Because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from the Father. Now, listen to this. Get this tonight. What it means is this. When we trust Jesus, when we receive him in faith, we pray in Jesus' name, in his will, with his eyes and with his heart, and we have access to the Father. Now, I want you to to think about this, and I want you to process through this. By faith in Jesus, when we have faith in Jesus, we have access to the Father. Did you hear that? Because of Jesus, when we put our faith in Jesus, we have access to the Father. Now, remember, Jesus restores our relationship with the Father. That's what he does when we put our faith in him. And it shows up in our prayer. Do you see how big that is? Do you see how important that is? Jesus restores our relationship with the Father and it shows up in prayer. Praise the Lord. Get this tonight. We pray to the Father because of Jesus. We listen to me as the follower of Jesus Christ, saved by putting our faith in Jesus. We pray to the Father because of Jesus. That is the biblical truth. That is the provision that we have in the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus that is received in faith. And so you listen to me tonight. So we do not need a priest to pray through. We do not need a priest to. To confess to. We do not need a saint, not any of them, to to go between. We do not need Mary to facilitate anything. We pray to God because of Jesus. That's what the Bible says. Listen to me. And praying to or through anyone or anything else is a slander of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what he says. That's what he says. I'm not going to go between. He says he loves you because you've loved me. We have access to the Father through Jesus. Praise the Lord. That's our gospel. As believers, because of Jesus, we can go to the Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Verse 28, he continues. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. I'm leaving the world again and going to the Father. Now he restates this in verse 28. He says, he comes to save us. He finishes his work of the cross and then he returns to glory. He returns to his Father. That's what he does, verse 28. Verse 29, his disciples, now this is kind of an interesting exchange. His disciples said, lo, behold, look, now you're speaking plainly and are not using a figure of speech. They say, behold, now we understand. That's really what they say. Now you're speaking plainly. Verse 30, now we know that you know all things and have no need for anyone to question you. By this, we believe that you came from God. Verse 30, again, they say, now... We know. Really, they say, okay, we're good. Now we understand. Verse 31, Jesus answered them, do you now believe? Verse 31, we're about to find on the next verse, they're a little overconfident. We find out they, they jumped the gun here in verse 30, 31. Jesus said, on that day, You will know. On that day, we will interact in that manner. On that day, after his resurrection and after the coming of the Holy Spirit. But now, notice in these verses, they say, but now. Jesus says, on that day. And they say, but now, now we understand. They jump the gun. Jesus responds, verse 32. Behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered, each to his own home, And to leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Zechariah chapter 13 verse 7 says, When you strike the shepherd, the sheep will be scattered. This is talking about the events of the cross coming up. This unfolds in those events. When the shepherd Jesus, when he is nailed to the cross, the sheep go their own way. It's every man for himself. Now, I want you to understand tonight, they will be brave. They will be bold. They will stand for the cause of Christ, but it will be after that day. After that day. Verse 33 the last words of Jesus to his disciples before his arrest. The coming chapters, the high priestly prayer, the last words of Jesus to his disciples before his arrest. Verse 33. These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Jesus says these things, all of these things, these last things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In him, they would have peace. He says, in the world, cosmos, same word. The world that God loves. In the world, you will have tribulation. The word tribulation means affliction, distress, trouble. It most literally translates compression. Pressed in on all sides. You ever feel like you're pressed in on all sides? In the world, you'll be pushed in on from all sides. You will have trouble and distress and affliction. But he says, but take courage. The word courage means confident. It means to be unafraid. It most literally means to be of good cheer. The world's gonna press in on you, but you can be of good cheer, exceedingly glad, because I have overcome the world. It translates, I have prevailed over the world, Listen to me tonight, the last words of Jesus before he even goes to the cross. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Friends, listen to me tonight. Our Lord tells us there is joy in his purpose. He tells us there is peace in his salvation. He tells us tonight he has overcome. There is joy and peace in the person of Jesus. Here's our response tonight. Trust and obey. Believe and walk. Receive and serve. There is joy and peace in the person of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come tonight and we're thankful for your truth. We're thankful for the hope we have in your word. We're thankful for the truth that we do know you have overcome this world. You've overcome the grave. You've overcome death. You've overcome sin. You've paid for it. It is finished. It is settled. You stand now as the resurrected Savior, the living, reigning, ruling King. And our hope is in you. Lord, I'm thankful that there's peace in that. I pray, Lord, that we would grab a hold. we would walk in that peace. Lord, I'm thankful that there's there's joy in serving your purpose. Lord, I pray that we would take our eyes out of the things of the world. We would look to you and we would walk in joy. We would overflow with joy. Lord, I'm thankful that that's a possibility, all of it, in the person of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you're known tonight. I pray that you're exalted tonight. I pray, Lord, that you're glorified tonight. I pray, Lord, in the preaching of the good news that you're received tonight. Lord, I pray as we conclude this time that you would work. And I know that there's never been a time the gospel's been proclaimed that you are not working with us. There's never been a time that the gospel's been received that you are not working with us. And so we come now, and I pray, Lord, that you would move, that you would work, that you would convict, that you would speak, that you would remove any hindrance. And I pray, Lord, in the hearing of the good news of a risen Savior that this very night, that many would turn to you, would trust you. We love you. We praise you. We worship you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close our time together again, as we do every single night with a time of response, a time of responding to the truth of God's word. And I want to tell you, the the call tonight is this. First off, if you've trusted Christ, the Bible says available for us, provided for us in Jesus, promised in Jesus, joy and peace. If you're here tonight and you're not living in joy and peace, I want to encourage you, put your eyes on Christ. I want to encourage you to abide in Christ, to abide in his word. He has provided and promised to us as his people joy and peace. Already paid for, already provided. Turn your eyes to Jesus. If you're listening tonight and you've never trusted Jesus for your salvation, I want to tell you, you'll never find peace outside of Jesus. It's only in Jesus. You'll never have joy, not true joy, apart from Jesus. And so if you're listening tonight, if you're here tonight and you've never trusted Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity on this very evening to turn and to receive him in faith. Bible says we're all sinners, each of us. Bible says in our sin, we've earned a punishment. Death, separation from God for all eternity. Bible says God loves you, loves me so much. He sees us in our helpless condition. He sends his only begotten son, Jesus. He comes in humility. He comes in love. He comes in grace. And he comes, he lives a life. He never sins. Because he never sins, he goes to the cross of Calvary so he can carry your sin and my sin. That's what he does. The Bible says the thing he hates, he actually becomes that he could pay for it on the cross of Calvary. He settles it there. It's finished at the cross. He pays for it in his own blood and his death. They put him in a grave. He is dead, actually dead. Three days later, he walks out of that grave and he stands as the risen Lamb of God, our hope, the hope of sinners. The good news of the gospel is this. Any person in any condition, in any state, if you'll trust that gospel, you will be saved. If you'll trust that Savior, you will be saved. My encouragement tonight is this. If you've never done that, trust him tonight. Settle it tonight. If you're tired of the weight of your sin and you're struggling under the, the shame of your guilt, trust Jesus tonight. He will forgive you tonight. He will save you tonight. Trust Jesus tonight. We're about to close our service the time of invitation. Either one of those decisions. If you're a believer and you want to walk in peace and joy, put your eyes upon Christ. If you're lost and you've never trusted Jesus, settle that tonight as well. If you've put your faith in Christ but never fought in believer's baptism, you come as well tonight we'll settle that. It'll be a great day of celebration, of testimony. If you're looking for a church home, you come as well tonight. We'll join together and we'll serve for his kingdom's sake, for his name's sake, for his glory. Maybe you want to come on this Tuesday night and pray here at the altar. Maybe you want to pray with me. Maybe you want to pray for this effort. God would take it and bless it. I'm going to ask that no one would move about, no one would stir about, That as as we close out this time, you pray for those that are making decisions. If God has spoken to you as we stand to sing, you step out and you come on. I'll meet you here.